This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The BHP Podcast is presented by bowhunterplanet.com. Join the hunt. Support for this podcast is provided by Cold Steel Knives, HHA Sports, Grind Life Coffee, Skull Hooker, Scott Archery, and Burris Optics. Hey everyone, this is Tim from Bowhunter Planet. Make sure you check out the new podcast, Respect the Game, wherever you find your podcast. Let's mount up! Hello and welcome to the bowhunterplanet.com podcast. Myself, Dave Thomas, along with Tim the Mazarana. Hey guys. And uh, welcome to the show and we hope everybody's having a great night. And Tim, tonight is a really exciting night for me and do you know why? Why? Because we have the one, the only, legendary from Expedition <laughs> Archery, Chris Cobb. You guys are offering. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Ow! Yeah. Already live early in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, show's over. Let's go. <laughs> Chris, Chris, always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. And uh, just like when we pranked you at the uh, ATA show, said your bows are getting stolen. You got to run out there. It's the police. <laughs> I know you're so mean. You guys are you're really you're welcome. So, because like, well, there's because there's nothing that you really do at the ATA. Let's be honest. <laughs> right, right. I wasn't busy at all. That I, mean, I just walked around looking at other bow companies. You know, sneaking beers in there. <laughs> All right, Chris. So let's talk about Expeditions 2020 lineup. So what you got for us? What I already know what this, the answers are, but I have to ask you. Obviously, yeah. it just it works better if you tell us. But let's hear it. Let's hear it. So you know the 2020 lineup. We're we're super proud of it. You know, last year we came out. You know, broken basically with the Mako X. Got a lot of notoriety. Got the brand out there. Put it put it back and you know, in, in all the major shops, got it on the tip of the tongue of the archery community. So, okay, great. We did that. Um, now what do you do to follow it up? You know, it's not like we've been doing this for 20 years and it's just cycling through the next wave of innovation. You know, <laughs> we knew that we needed to come out with another set of bows that were a big splash. So to be honest with you, we built upon the, the success of the Mako. So, we, we went ahead and did the MX series. That's what the Mako X is for. That's the yep. MX there. Now you know something. Nice. Learn something, too. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Learn something because we thought about it. I'm like, accomplished. You know, uh, uh, you know, the VP that runs the plant, Kurt Headington, he's, uh, you know, he's the best guy for the job. He knows archery in and out. People love him. He's doing a great job, um, you know, basically controlling the tide of the brand. I mean, that's his day-to-day. And him and I go back and forth about marketing stuff. You know, what's the name? Do we call it this? Do we, you know, do we call it that? And when it comes to naming bows, at the end of the day, people are, they're really accepting. The archery community is very nice because people come up with dumb names all the time. I mean, we could have called it the Fluffy. And, <laughs> the fluffy. and eventually people would have been just like, oh, yeah, I love that bow. It shoots great. You shoot I'd, the I'd buy it just too. because it's Fluffy. But, so we the got fluffy. down, we're like, are we going to call this thing like the Mako X? Or we're just going to abbreviate it. So we, we came to an agreement and we decided with the MX 15 and 16, um, and the MX series of bows, that's kind of our flagship. And it, it was basically the concept was to take the speed, take the smoothness that we had done with the Mako, make sure that we can do it with a rotating mod so that it was convenient to our dealers 
and give a different look to it. You know, so many people, you know, so many of the, the people in the hunting and archery community, to be honest with you, they're just sick of getting the same old thing regurgitated. And if I'm, I'm not trying to call out names, I'm just saying there's a lot of people that are like, you know what? I, I like that bow line. I like that. But I've been waiting for something new from them. You know, yeah. they're a great bow. Yeah. But I'm waiting for something new. And and they feel like every year they get pumped up for the launch. The launch comes out and they look at it and they say, it's just really, it's really the same thing as last year's bow. And we've been doing that for a couple of years. Who are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. Just kidding. No, no, you don't do that. If you had to, <laughs> if you had to pick one company. Yeah, Chris, if you could put one company out of business, who would it be? Hey, you, you brought it, it up. rhymes with. No. <laughs> so, I mean, our goal was to do something different. Like, absolutely put a different look to it. You know, make it something that is that is aesthetic and functional. So we, we basically made a cage riser. We changed the weight distribution. And we made this thing convenient to shoot, a speed freak. And to add the one thing that we do, we think better than anybody else. And that's make it a smooth shot cycle. So... That's what we did with the MX series. Um, the escape. Uh, so, so the escape. So we went back for the other line, bows that are in the line. We kind of went back to history, and because so many of our guys, I mean, you know, when you have a company like ours, it's a cult following. You know, you've got those loyalists, the guys that have been there for a long time, and they want a new version of the thing that they love the most. And I respect that. I think that's awesome. I think that it's great to have people like that and have you that you know that grassroots support. And I adhere to it. So the guys are like, you know what? We need a new Explorer. The Explorer SS was a a bow that was in the line for a number of years. And and depending on who you ask, it was the best bow that Expedition had ever made. So we went back and said, we need a good 30-inch axle-to-axle bow that's going to be a speed freak, that's going to do what our other bows do, that meets basically the old specs of the Explorer SS with a new innovative twist to it so when you look at the escape that's kind of what we did and the reason we called it the escape is because we have a great relationship with the people over at Realtree those guys have been nothing but good to us I was actually down there um, uh, earlier in the week spent a couple days down there uh, in Georgia with them and when we were in negotiations or when we were in talks last year about what we were doing for the different camos they were like oh you know come back here in the secret squirrel room and let us show you this new pattern that we're doing shockingly called the escape pattern and oh, we said, wow. oh that's really awesome you know we <laughs> let's let's do that on a bow and we'll we'll call the bow the escape we'll spell a little different and we will incentivize realtree to use our bow in a lot of their press releases marketing. and publications like marketing and one-on-one stuff you know yep, yep. they were like oh it works good for us it works good for you we think we got this kick butt bow so Let's put your paint job on it, and we'll we'll send it out there. And let's talk about your camel, your camel people. You can talk about our bow; it'll be it'll work. Uh, rounding out the lineup uh, is the DLX, and again, that was the same sort of thing. So the DLX is really the Denali LX, and that's that's where it comes from. So I see a pattern here. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, no, I was just saying I see a pattern here. You just, you guys just don't like the spell. <laughs> right. Well, if you worked with the people I work with, you'd get it, right? Uh, so the the DLX, because it was three letters, we could spell that. Um, <laughs> that was supposed to be the crossover bow because the Denali had been a bow that was designed for the hunting market and for the target shooter market. So if you, you could do either one. We get just as many requests for that bow in camo as we did in target colors. So we went ahead. We did the DLX. Again, had a cage style riser to it. 
the specs on that thing were, I mean, it's pretty fast for a target bow coming in or, you know, in the mid 340s, you know, pushing up towards 350. The brace height matches a good target bow. The weights are going to go from 40 up to 70. So, I mean, that, those are the, the specs on it. But it's designed to be comfortable for both the target archer and for the hunter. And we thought, you know, this is a great thing. Historically, the Denali was about 15 to 20% of total sales. And because it's a target crossover bow, we expect it to be the same. That bow has been a rock star. Like, absolutely. Every now and then, I make a mistake that is a good thing. And the mistake is that we thought this bow would be 15 18% of sales. And it's like 42% of sales. And to be honest with you... Um, it's our most expensive bow. It's our most expensive bow. It's not cheap. Um, it's cheap in terms of value. Value for money, it's awesome. You know, from MSRP of twelve forty nine, you know, you're gonna go win Vegas every year, guaranteed. So I'm just joking. About that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I decided not I to laugh. <laughs> just to make but it's you a great <laughs> bow. Um, and people stand behind can't it. Build it fast enough. That, that's the bow that people seem to want. I'm, it's crazy, but I'm I'm willing to ride that wave. Yeah. So now, what do you what do you shelf. what do you specifically attribute that 2020 to? So, what do you what do you specifically attribute the increase in the usage of the Denali to? Yeah, I get it's a hybrid; it's good for hunters and, and archery, but or, or for target. But what I mean is, is there something about that bow, like the draw length setup, like because I, I see it's, it's probably a, it's a longer draw length than you can get to in a normal axle. bow. Yeah, um, I think that's the probably the key. Yeah, I mean, is that is that what you you guys really kind of are hearing from the people that are buying? You know, it? I think, I think that it's just a dream to shoot. I think that we didn't put, I mean, here's how you know, right? Like I'm a marketing guy. Like yeah. I'm always looking for where, how did the market do? What did we do? We did this, it did that, how we figure it out and, you know, try to analyze the witchcraft that is, you know, marketing in the archery industry. But here's the deal. We didn't do squat for, for traditional marketing for this bow. We put a, a lot of our you know, television, print, all that kind of stuff, you know, our flagship MXs, and those were, were doing extremely well. This bow, this bow is doing well because of word of mouth, because guys are putting cool. it in a shop and they're shooting it and they're going, hey, you're my friend, you're my friend. I don't even really like you, but I'm going to tell you about this bow anyway. <laughs> and they tell everybody they know, and that's where those sales are coming from. The sales are, are literally word of mouth, you know, archers telling other archers and and that is the best kind of advertising. Not only is it very inexpensive, but it's the best because it's true believers. And that's what's moving the needle for the DLX for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. So um, I, I was blown away by the escape, to be honest, as well, because of the size, you know. And I know we talked about it already, but I, I had to come back to it because I, I, <laughs> I love a small bow. And I know I know you're a huge hunter as well. And, and for me, I really like the idea of having a bow that's lightweight small compact and you know can get me in and out of a tree stand easily has a sick look to it you know has a lot of great features to it good uh, grip great grip great grip <laughs> and amazing looking riser so i mean is this the i guess my question would be is from your perspective are bow hunters kind of are they go do they move towards a bow like this that's a little bit smaller or do you see you think they're going more for like the m15 MX-15, MX-15. I, I think that I I think my opinion is the mean potatoes is like an MX-16. It's when you can get the six inch brace height bow in a 32 axle axle. I think that's yeah. the mean potatoes. When you can do that bow the best, you're hitting that bell curve of archers. But, you know, you can't ignore those segments because those other segments are huge. I mean, yeah, there's the guy yeah. that 
you know, we this bow comes from that Explorer SS. That Explorer SS comes from archers telling us they need, you know, a compact, maneuverable bow in the stand. I mean, we get a lot of guys that are pulling in tight spots, you know. Um, for this bow, I had a guy out in New York. He called this bow the coastal killer because he was all <laughs> urban hunting. Everything was super tight. You know, yeah. they, they had to scan places to put in a blind or a tree. And he goes, we need a bow that's not in the way. You know, I need a yeah. bow that's convenient and I got to go in and I, I got to go and do my thing. And that the escape kind of fits that guy. Yeah. So let's talk about real quick the concept of the colors because I know we mentioned real tree and that's great and I love real tree. They do a great job, but the same <laughs> time you guys are killing it on these solid colors: the black, the sand, and the OPS green that look unbelievable. Just like on the what? I mean, it looks incredible. Are, are you seeing like a mixed batch of what consumers want? Or are you seeing like camo people, but also standard it, colors? It's literally like 50 50. Yeah. That's you know, what I it's, yeah. it's like 50 50. It's now on the, on the hunting colors, the black, the tactical sand, the off screen, like that. We see a lot of that in hunting market. We've increased our offerings on the target side, and our target finishes are second to none. We put, you know, Kurt and I both put a lot of time into researching basically you know the the technique um the machinery like everything that went into we spent i'm telling you months looking at um facilities that could do the color on our bows correctly nice. and and we finally found one and we we found one so a lot of guys are doing uh, a lot of fun facts for you but people are that's not a paint actually it's actually a powder coat um, it's, oh, okay. It's, okay. but it's decorative interesting um it's harder and it's going to last longer and it's more durable because of its powder coat. But you'd never know that to look at our target colors. They shine, they're gloss, they're every, every wow. type of gloss that you'd want to do. And so we had originally looked at doing just powder coating, and then we were going to, you know, do a, a decoration over that. And then we ended up finding uh, guys that could do both. Like literally you, they were doing, you know, high end Harleys and things like that. They were doing, finished product, high-end, I mean, $30,000 bikes. And I said, well, look, show us your process. And they did. And I'm like, okay, could you do it on a bow? So we tested it on a bow, and it came out, I mean, perfect. We were like, that's this is cool. awesome. That and so that's, why are you giving away secrets on this show? I don't know why you're giving away secrets. This is secrets. Sorry, I, I can't. I, I know. I'm, you know, my wife says the same thing. She's like, if you want to keep a secret, don't tell you. Cause you're yeah. just tell dude, this uh, nuclear green is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'm partial to do that, that Patriot red for me. Man. Yeah. It just kind of pops, but it's really cool, man. I, I actually, it's, it's, it's Renegade, pretty interesting. purple. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, really cool. You have to see it. You have to see it in person. Like, you have to go to a shop. Because you should always go to an expedition dealer. You should always be visiting your local shop. But um, you have to see these things. The target colors, you got to see them in person. Because as much as I think we do great with photography and all of that stuff, they still don't do it justice. That thing yeah. pops when you see it in person. Oh, I can imagine. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the media and the marketing behind Expedition. What can people expect to see this year? Is there certain things that you guys are working on or um, giveaways with BHP type stuff that you guys are working on at a larger level you know what i mean like what we're definitely increasing our giveaways with you guys <laughs> no but really it's, it's, you guys have some things planned the works like any kind of hunts or anything i i because i know you're a huge hunter you're always out in the field basically every time i yes, call you're like i'm in this um, i'm in the stand development what that I'm in is the stand. <laughs> yeah. is that what you tell your wife too <laughs> uh, i tell her i tell her every time that, on the ones that she doesn't get to go on um, <laughs> 
So yeah, no, we're it's we're work, excited. Man. Marketing started off at ATA show. I mean, and if you guys were there, yeah. we did the uh, resurgence event. Uh, basically, we we teamed up with the Rock Ridge guys, and because we have a number of brands under Expedition Enterprises now, we married that with you know some of the brands from Rock Ridge, and we put on a dealer event. It was offsite at the Egyptian Room, and you know we brought in our thirty five hundred closest friends. And just did a big rock concert. You know, wait a minute. Uh, well, wait a minute. Time concert. out. We did, Time out. Yeah. What? I, did you not go? I did not see no invite. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> okay, then you didn't, okay, then you didn't go to the bathroom at the ATA. Oh, he didn't even go to the ATA. He well, didn't even go to the ATA. Don't let him fool Don't, you. Why are you throwing me under the bus, Tim? <laughs> no, it's the bow hunter planet in a solar system that is not at the ATA. Oh, man. No, well, we were Tim there. Tim was there. I just, we were there. I Dave hurt was my back. There. I've Dave hurt my back. There. That's what he said. That's what he said. Oh. Nobody believes him. So, yeah, we started the year with uh, with a resurgence event. You know, we had Craig Morgan, Sadie Bass. We did a big dealer event um, and basically just got to promote the brand, you know. And then That's cool. we followed that up. We, we sponsor a number of television shows. I mean, if guys used to tell us, oh, you know, I haven't really heard about your brand yet. And I'm like, look, I'm, I'm not saying that we're there, like, by a long shot. I'm not saying we're in every dealer in the country. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying if you're an archery dealer in this country – and you don't have not heard of our brand at this point. It's because you live in a, under a rock, right. you know, where <laughs> we're everywhere. I think we want to be on TV. We 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 put a lot into the digital space. We participate in all the reviews. We're strong in the print market um, and we're doing a lot of things, you know, outside of Expedition Archery that help Expedition Archery grow the brand. You know, we've we've got into the crossbow market this year. We've got into the clothing side um, with Element Clothing. You know, we we own our own marketing company. We do a, a, a land management program with Realtree. We do a number of other things that just are trying to grow the, the brand uh, organically. And as a result, you know, it's getting more, it's putting more focus back on the bows at the end of the day. We we moved our, uh, we own our television show. We, we took it from Discovery Channel, put uh, the given right, we put that back on um, we put that on the Sportsman's channel and we put it right basically smack dab in the middle of the Realtree block. And here's a fun fact, big announcement, world premiere on Bowhunter Planet making this announcement. So this year's show is title sponsored by Realtree. So it's oh, Realtree. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yes, it's Realtree's The Given Right. And here's the fun fact about that. It's the first time, and I was at Realtree to confirm this fact. It's the first time Realtree has title sponsored a show that they themselves didn't produce. So like if it wasn't their own show, like at Real Trips or Monster Bucks, it's the first show they've title wow. sponsored and put their name on. That's so awesome. We're super excited about that. I'm excited too. I want to air some of that stuff that we can air. Remember, we had to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I want to get that stuff yeah, on BHP Network. And um, we got to get so Kenneth yeah, on too. We got to go on the market space. Get Kenneth on, chat with him, uh, talk about that show because oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about we'll, – we'll, we'll come back to that in a second, but I, I really want to talk about this crossbow because it's very exciting. Is it on the website yet? <laughs> like, How do we get more info on this thing? Bowhunter Planet you know YouTube what? channel. We had coverage. I don't on even it know if it's ATA. on the website. I'm the worst marketing guy in the world. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even know if it's on the website. I didn't see it on there. That's why I'm asking. I, I want to. I'm gonna. I haven't really got a chance to really see it. Besides the guys getting some clips at ATA. Um, I'm sure we'll have it on the review show well, soon. But it, it's really exciting. yeah. We're getting, we're in we're in there. We're in that world now. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's cool. That's really exciting. And uh, I'm assuming you guys now, what did you guys do for something like that for like research and development? I mean, did you spend, did you hunt with it last year? I guess. 
Yeah, you know, so here, <laughs> I'd love to give you this great story about this is the result <laughs> of years and research, and it, it really wasn't. It really was, honestly, um, by default, you know, if I'm being honest with you, what, what uh, our, our, our sales group had handled another crossbow manufacturer, and they parted ways, and so they had an opportunity to, to do crossbows, and I was like, well, uh, we could do crossbows, you know, we can, we can crossbows, you know, yeah. so we just have to engage in that market. So we got, we got involved with some people that were already in that world, you know, and, and fast tracked a couple designs, some upgrades and, you know, and basically put together what we felt was a quality product. It was on short terms. And we got on that project probably September of last year, we had our very first production hey, samples at the ATA show. My the people that work at the booth for us, they all wanted to kill me because I, I took the, I took the crossbows and I hung them in the booth. And they didn't know anything about them. They're like, fast is it? How much they are? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Well, we'll figure it out on day two. I'll tell you all about it. You know, I'll go write some stuff down. That's and hilarious. we, we, I didn't do a press release. We didn't advertise. It was literally the worst marketing effort ever. <laughs> and, and we sold just so you know, we sold an equal number of crossbows as we did to bow, to bows at the ATA show. And we sold a pile of bows. No way. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't, um, we had four majors, four box stores, um, come in and, and request to carry the bow. I hadn't even, hadn't even thought about it. Like it was one of those things I had to pretend like I knew what I was doing, you know, right. anyone that is time with me, they'll figure out that most of the time I don't. So I'm just trying to get through the day, you know, <laughs> so, these guys come over at major accounts that you'll, you'll see the bow in this fall. And they're like, Oh, we want to carry the bow. And I'm like, Oh yeah, no problem. I hadn't even done pricing. I hadn't even done a program. I hadn't written anything up for that level of a dealer. So I'm like, Oh yeah. So I literally, you know, they had those, those, uh, tables off to the side at the ATA show. You'd know about that, Dave, if you went, but they had tables. <laughs> so I went over there, I took a napkin and I, and I started writing numbers down and working out the numbers to try to look like I knew what I was doing. By the time these guys came back, I'd made a little spreadsheet and, and, uh, and we could actually start presenting. Oh, uh, you guys still there? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We're here. Oh, it's my phone said paused. Um, so yeah, so the guys came back and we started placing it and, uh, you know, we were super excited about it. So like our flagship for that line is the, uh, is the X415. It shoots 430 feet per second. We put the upgrade scope on it, so it does a uh, a red or a blue illuminated scope. It's it's super high quality, you know, aircraft grade aluminum rails. It's got a, a machine you can sell just by the machining work and the prod. Um, it's got a very fast power stroke, and it's just a quality piece. I mean, out you can shoot that this bow out 80, 90, 100 yards, and you're gonna get super consistent shooting. You'd be impressed with it. And it's a mid price point. It retails at six ninety nine. It's gonna go out the that's door in most places point. at five ninety nine. Yeah, that's great. And it's gonna be a great crossbow in that mid price point, which is which is a market that we literally went after because we felt like people were ignoring it. You know, like there's yeah. been this huge race to the bottom in crossbows where you can go out there and get a two ninety nine crossbow, but you really have to look at what you're getting in that crossbow. Right. And then For sure. the two thousand dollar crossbows, they're selling great. They really are, you know. I mean, um, it's no secret out there that the companies like Raven, they're doing great. You know, they make a, a quality product and, and those crossbows earn their money. I mean, and I, I would never say a bad word about them. I think they're, they're super high quality products. They do well at long ranges. Um, they have great delivery systems, decocumented. They're good. They're good. Right. We're not in that world yet. Like we're, we're looking for the guy that's looking to spend in that mid price point. We're going to deliver him 
a quality product at that price. Uh, and that's, that's kind of where we were choosing to live that we're already working on our 21, our 2021 designs for crossbows, which I think are, are going to be awesome. They're just, they're just totally unique. They got great looks to them and you're going to be able to look at our crossbows in, in 2021 and know instantly, like, Oh, that's an expedition crossbow. That's so exciting. That is. we're in it. You know, we, we, we see that there's a market for it and, um, you know, we want to, I don't want to be, you know, so set my ways that just, oh, I'm an archer, I'm an archer, and I love being an archer. I love shooting our bows, but I'm not going to ignore the segment of the population that chooses to shoot crossbows, because you know what? Here's the thing. Here's a fun fact. I love shooting a crossbow. I love <laughs> yeah. it. No, I, we all do it over here. On Facebook from five years ago, you know, every time I went across, I, I used to take the kids hunting all the time in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, places they could use, Ohio, where they could use crossbows, and I'd sit there and, they, and they'd shoot one and I'd say, hey, it's, is it my turn? Do I get to shoot the deer with a crossbow? <laughs> I love crossbowing. You know why? Because it's fun. People yeah. are always like, well, they want you to, to justify it. Well, you know, crossbows are great or for tiny children or if you're basically, you know, a human head <laughs> in, a, in a glass bowl. Like, all oh, those people can use a crossbow. You know what? I love using a crossbow. It's fun. I'm a I'm a fully functional adult male, and I love shooting a crossbow. There and you have is. the right to do that, right? Tim Tim's been fighting this fight for a couple. <laughs> no, or two well, years. I have, but, but I mean, just, just just my thoughts, real quick. Yes, number one, it's a girl theory, right? For everybody right now, everybody's still you know moving into that. Everybody realizes kind of the benefit as time goes on, um, you know, the benefits of a crossbow. But I I also truly believe too, um, in the hunting industry, you know, we've seen a big decline in 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 people hunting. And I think it's a great way to bring some of those, not all of them by any means, because you're always going to have that 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 divide, but some of those gun hunters into a different season as well. Yeah. Um, so you open yourself up to a whole new, new hunters, group of people. Kids, new hunters, it kids. makes it easy. I, I couldn't yeah. agree. I mean, if we want to promote this industry, we got to stop having the conversation of, of do I shoot a vertical or do I shoot a crossbow? Yeah, yeah. You know and and my, my thought is that, for me, last year was a great example. I carried a compound bow and a crossbow into hunt camp every time I went. Yep. And it just depended on how I felt, to be honest. If I was like tired or groggy, I took the crossbow. If I if it was going to rain or snow, I took the crossbow. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I purposely did that to basically protect the way I felt about the hunt, right? I just was like, mm, you know, I don't feel comfortable today shooting a compound. And, and you know what? You probably wouldn't have harvested what you harvested last year. Maybe not. That, that was a far shot. Yeah. yeah. I agree with it that. It was a quick far, and it was it was a little awkward. So, so Chris, the question worked. becomes, which bow do I use for turkey coming up? Which uh, one? Do I go crossbow? You know, Are you going to have me one in time? I mean, <laughs> or do I, I, I go I'm, compound? Or do I do both? I've been both? 16 pretty much all year. And I'm going to shoot pretty much anything that I go after with that bow. And I don't discriminate against turkeys. Although, to be fair, I can't lie, you know, because people, some people, there's like two people maybe out there that follow me on Facebook or <laughs> social media. And they're going to see, because of course our guys give me so much crap, during turkey season, I, I will shoot at least one turkey, maybe two, maybe five, with a shotgun. You know why? Oh, I haven't done that in a while. Fun. And it I is like fun. to use a shotgun. I wouldn't I mind doing that. Bow, but I I mean I'm I, I like to hunt, guys. I like yeah. to hunt. I yeah. like to shotgun hunt and crossbow hunt and bow hunt. And if they had a hand grenade or bazooka season, I'd do that too. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think for I, me I'm not afraid to mix it up for sure. Yeah. I enjoy all of that stuff. So you're gonna see some shotgun kill turkeys, but 
you're you're gonna see. I gotta do a spring bear hunt. I got like I'm forced to. I like I I'm going on a spring bear hunt. <laughs> I'm forced to. to. It's for work, babe. I'll wait for my plane ticket. I, I, I most always use the bow on my spring bear hunts, but I'm gonna you know I think I'm gonna use the crossbow this year. Nice. I think I'm gonna give that one a call to action. That'd yeah, be that's, sweet. that's my plan. That'd be really cool. That would be. All right, Chris Cobbett, man, appreciate Crossbows you coming on and, and having fun with us. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll check in again with you in a couple of weeks and see where you guys are at on some on all the stuff going on this year with all the brands. I know you got a lot more brands to talk about. So we'll, uh, we'll have that on. And actually, we should have uh, Kenneth on at the same time. That'd be kind of fun. That would be fun. Absolutely. So we can talk about, yeah, and that's, and then South. we can get into the hunts. That's what the other fun part, right? Talk about all the different hunts you guys are planning and, and all the work behind the production, right? There's so many fun things with hunting shows and all that yeah. part of the business that it's cool to talk about and it's things that people don't really know. And it, so it makes it kind of exploring, like kind of exciting, you know, yeah. like, oh, real tree sponsoring? Well, what's that all about? And how does it work? And, you know. People love that stuff. Or you guys could just come on into Detroit and hang out. We could like smoke some food and chill. Bring one of those turkeys you get. Yeah. Absolutely. Or you guys could come on turkey hunt. Oh, that would be kind of cool. That would, where are you guys doing that at? What state would we be in for that? Uh, well, oh, see, now he's bluff. called his bluff. <laughs> called no, his no, bluff. No. So, he's like, well. Sometimes I go to Georgia, like Kansas, <laughs> but here's the deal, guys. There's nowhere I like more than right here in Maine. When people are like, oh, you know, Maine's got turkeys. No. I didn't even know that. You know, I'll like, be. In, I'll come see you in Maine to go. Go. Uh, awesome. It's awesome right. here. Go lobster uh, fishing. Right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yes, you can do the combo lobster slash turkey. That hunting. would we, be. Cool. We do offer that. <laughs> A little surf and turf. That would be cool. And surf, whatever surf, kind of Maine beers there are, what, what kind of beers you got in Maine? What kind of big brands there? Oh, Maine is like uh, like micro brew center. All nice. of New England. Like loaded with microbrews. Give like, us a couple examples of a brand that you, that you like uh, there. Um, I like I like uh, rum and coke. So <laughs> it's not, it's good. All right, all right. Let's go this direction. Favorite lobster bisque. Favorite lobster bisque. Favorite lobster what bisque? Oh, I mean, I I'm a I'm definitely a chowder kind of guy. I do the, the seafood chowder, lobster chowder. Right. A bisque is a little. It's more of the pureed lobster. Uh, I'm not a huge fan. I like, oh, you're, I like purist. you're, you're a purist. They blend it or something? The lobster meat. You got to see it. Claws flying out. No puree. No puree. <laughs> hey, when you're in Georgia, there is a beer company there called Sweetwater Brewery, and it is amazing. I keep trying to get Tyler to send me some from, from Georgia. It's Sweetwater Blue. It's a blueberry beer, and it is unbelievable. Sounds can't get it in Michigan. Sucks. Not like a, not like <laughs> a Jack and Coke. I just had it in Florida. Yeah. It was in Florida. It was amazing. <laughs> Anyway, I, all right. I like it. I'm I'm down with it. It sounds like you know the yin and the yang together. Blueberries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You talking about yingling? <laughs> I like a yingling. There's a good beer. That's all a, right, that's Chris. That's a Pennsylvania beer, though. Oh it yeah. Is. Yeah. But we don't even good. get it in Michigan. Don't get that Michigan either. Talk. See, that's why. Why do you live in Michigan? Maybe you should move. <laughs> Small deer, bad beer. No, I'm just kidding. Small deer, bad beer. <laughs> I'm putting, we do not I'm, have bad listen, beer. Listen, I just patented that. Nobody. <laughs> Small deer, bad beer. Hashtag. That's why they get those stupid bush light orange bundle of beers you buy to go on camp. Hunt camp. Who the hell wants oh, that man, thing? That's awesome. Jeez, OP. Spend an extra five bucks for the Bud Light. All yeah, right, Chris Cobbett, sure. Expedition Archie. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. See ya. Well, All right, guys. Have fun. All right. Have a good one, man. We'll see you. Bye.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.